Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. reading from the wisdom of Solomon. The ungodly, by their words and deeds, summon death. Considering him a friend, they pined away and made a covenant with him, because they are fit to belong to his company. For they reasoned unsoundly, saying to themselves, short and sorrowful is our life, and there is no remedy when a life comes to its end and no one has been known to return from Hades. Let us lie in wait for the righteous man, 
because he is inconvenient to us and opposes our actions. He reproaches us for sins against the law and accuses us of sins against our training. He professes to have knowledge of God and calls himself a child of the Lord. It became to us a reproof of our thoughts. The very sight of him is a burden to us because his manner of life is unlike that of others and his ways are strange. We are considered by him as something base and he avoids our ways as unclean. He calls the last end of the righteous happy and boasts that God is his father. Let us see if his words are true and let us test what will happen at the end of his life. For if the righteous man is God's child, he will help him and will deliver him from the hand of his adversaries. Let us test him with insult and torture so that we may find out how gentle he is and make trial of his forbearance. Let us contem condemn him to a shameful death for, according to what he says, he will be protected. Thus they reasoned, but they were led astray for their wickedness blinded them, and they did not know the secret purposes of God, nor hope for the wages of holiness, nor discern the prize for blameless souls. The word of the Lord.
the letter of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The word of the Lord.
morning tomorrow. Jesus and his disciples went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus, fill us with your love and show us how to serve the neighbors we have through you. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Jim Curry. I retired four years ago as Bishop Suffragan in the Episcopal Church in Connecticut. But here at St. John's, I'm better known as Kathleen McIntosh's husband and Gretchen and Serena's father. All of them were very well and send their love to you today. In my retirement, I focused much of my attention on community responses to the epidemic of gun violence, which grips our neighborhoods, our cities and towns, our country. Gun violence knows no limits of race, geographic location, socioeconomic status, gender, or age. Easy access to unlocked guns and ammunition continues to be a major factor in suicides. Two-thirds of all gun deaths are death by suicide. And it continues to be a major factor in accidental deaths among children. Guns in the hands of people who should not have them are major factors in domestic violence and in homicide.
At today's offertory, the choir will sing a new song, a new adaptation of Psalm 23. The words are written by our parishioner, Mary Davies Cole, and the music by our organist, Scott Lamley. The middle verses of this psalm are the text that I want to speak upon today. Even the dark of the blackest night cannot hide the path you have given me. Death falls away at the sound of your voice. Evil cannot hold, nor injustice thrive. Our God is a God of healing, a God of hope, who leads us through death and resurrection into new life. Darkness and death are never the last words. And our God seeks reconciliation and wholeness for all people. That's the core of our faith. And it is sealed by the life and death of Jesus Christ. We all live lives full of choices. And the way of Jesus gives us a template for how to make our choices. Evil cannot hold, nor injustice thrive. When we, the people of faith, reach out to one another in love and in mutual concern. St. James is absolutely right. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. And I would add this. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I want to give you just a little bit of background about why I'm committed to the ministry to stop gun violence. It's the story of two children. In March 1994, seven-year-old Marcelina Delgado was shot and killed as she was sleeping in the back seat of her father's car. Her family was on the way to visit her grandmother and were parked in the street by a housing project in Hartford, less than three miles from this church. Gunmen in a car came abreast to her father's car and opened fire. Marcelina died of her injuries. Her father was seriously wounded and her other family members escaped unhurt, but certainly not unharmed. The gunmen were caught and convicted of the crime. They thought the car belonged to a rival gang member and they thought that that was sufficient excuse to shoot people. Well, I didn't live in the Hartford area back then, 
I was priest at Trinity Episcopal Church in Portland, some 20 miles downriver. And I can't tell you exactly why Marcelina's death, among so many other deaths, has had a lasting impact on me, but it has. Since I heard the report of her death on that day 24 years ago, her name and the image of her slain body has been etched into my memory and carved into my heart. Perhaps it's because there's no way to find meaning in this senseless murder. Perhaps it's because my own twin daughters back then were five, and they often slept in the back seat of my car. I do know this, that our little sister's blood cries out to us from the ground, demands an answer. And I believe we know the answer of Cain's question, am I my brother's or sister's keeper? Well, the answer is, of course, yes, we are. I remember thinking back then that this would be a tipping point, that we must do more to protect our children, and we would. And we would start to create and recreate the communities of our neighborhoods. I thought that we have to rethink how, as community, across the boundaries of race and religion and class and location, how we could form something new. I preached about it. I wrote letters about it. I gathered people together to talk about it. And then I and we moved on. The Hartford Current ran some articles, and then again two years later, at the trial of those shooters, they ran some more articles. But the fact is, we all moved on. Marcelina, a child of God, a child of color, was killed, and we moved on. That year, there were 58 homicides in Hartford. Most were the victims of shootings. Most were people of color. We moved on. We lost an opportunity, all of us in Hartford and all of us in Connecticut, to change who we are and how we relate to one another. We lost that opportunity to prepare our communities for a harvest of righteousness. And I continue to carry the guilt for our inaction in my own heart. A second child. On December 14, 2012, 28 people were killed by Adam Lanza in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. 28 people. 20 first graders, six teachers and administrators, his mother, and Adam himself. I remember driving out to Newtown that day, 
And I remember being passed by police car after police car after police car, rushing out to the Sandy Hook School. I spent most of that day at Trinity Church in Newtown, waiting for word from the school and gathering in prayer as people came and went from the church. One of the children killed was six-year-old Ben Wheeler, a child of Trinity. Ben loved lighthouses. He loved to play. He loved to play in the choir loft as his mother was practicing her singing to the choir. Now, of course, the parishioners and staff of Trinity knew all the victims. It's a small town. They knew the students and the teachers. They knew the mother, and they knew the shooter. And I never again want to have to stand at the grave of a child killed in such a manner to pray the prayers and silently hold grieving parents. Three years ago, Ben's mother sent me a picture of a happier time. I keep it on my phone. It's a bunch of six-year-olds, Ben right out in front and center, and they were mugging for the camera as they were wearing little mitres, little bishop's hats, in honor of my visit. How can I? How can the churches united not work to stop such senseless evil of gun violence. Even the dark of the blackest night cannot, must not hide the path that God has given us. Every year at the anniversary of the shootings in Sandy Hook, the Newtown Action Alliance holds a national victim, national vigil for the victims of gun violence. They hold it at St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Washington. It's a time for families and friends to gather and to share stories, and oh, how important it is to keep the memory of names and the memory of lives alive to share grief, to sing, and to pray, and to act. For two days every year, we take the family's stories of shootings to, out to lawmakers, seeking legislative action for common sense gun reforms. And all too, all too often, we're just dismissed. One of the years that we gathered, Francine and David Wheeler, Ben's parents, both musicians and outspoken advocates, sang a song as we gathered, a song that they had written, a song for him and for all who had died. In 2016, during this vigil, as we gathered at the church, Jeremy Lucas, an Episcopal priest from Oregon, came to join us. And this is his story. 
That summer, he had heard that a local girls softball team was raising money to go to a tournament in California. They needed $3,000 for the bus to get there. And what they had decided was to raffle off an AR-15, a semi-automatic rifle, as the way to raise funds. Well, Jeremy was shocked, and he felt compelled to act. So he went to the uh, adult leaders of the softball team, and he said, look, I'll give you the money. Just stop the raffle. Well, Oregon state law wouldn't allow them to do that. Once a raffle starts, it has to go on. So Jeremy bought 3,000 tickets for the raffle, and he won the AR-15. And he decided immediately that he was going to have that gun destroyed. It was his gun. It was his choice. Well, a number of folk in the community sent hate-filled letters to him and to his church, but he decided that he had to persist. And he discovered right then that there was a, a group, a Mennonite group in Colorado that had the ministry called Raw Tools. And what they did is that they would take a weapon that is given to them, turned into them, they would destroy it so it could never be used to harm a person, and then they would transform it into gardening tools. And that's what Jeremy had done with his AR-15. And during the vigil in Washington that fall, Jeremy presented a trowel made from that gun to the leader of Newtown Action Alliance, a group that had worked tirelessly to keep the memories alive of people who had been killed in gun violence, seeking to change laws and to save lives. I had the chance to speak with Jeremy that night and to thank him for his imaginative and courageous actions. And I also shared the story of this cross, which I've shared with many of you. The fact that this cross also is made of destroyed weapons. And as the cross, it shows that the worst we can do to each other, the worst that we can do to each other, to kill each other, God takes and reforms into the greatest sign of hope, the cross of Jesus Christ. I urge Jeremy to have some of that rifle made into a cross for him. And I urged him to wear that. Because my experience is that people want to know what this ugly, heavy, simple cross is all about. And what it is about is the power of God's transforming love. Well, Jeremy's work has started to bear fruit. 
In the summer of 2017, a year ago this summer, I began working with members of the Newtown Action Alliance and clergy in the town where I now live, New Haven, to build support for a project to turn all the guns that had been turned into the police department or bought back through a buyback program sponsored by the police in Yale New Haven Hospital, to take those guns, to destroy them, and to make them into gardening tools. I took the idea to the chief of police, and his administration was thrilled with it. He told me that it gave a philosophical and theological oomph to the work that they were trying to do, buying back guns now for over 15 years. And under the title of Swords to Plowshares, remember that great prophecy of Isaiah? They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks weapons into gardening tools, under that rubric, and with just a little bit of publicity, 141 guns were turned in at the next buyback in New Haven. A voluntary choice, I want to emphasize that, a voluntary choice by people who decided that they didn't need a gun in their house. Since then, the state police have done their job. They vetted to make sure that those guns were not involved in any kind of crime. And we made sure in these months that every single state law and local ordinance has been followed. And we kept preparing the way to the moment when we could destroy those weapons and begin the process of transforming them into gardening tools. Last Monday, under the watchful eye of the police, four of us took grinding tools and destroyed those weapons under the watchful eye of some very sympathetic police officers. This week, Leaders from that group in Colorado, those Mennonites, raw tools, came to New Haven. And they came in order to train inmates from the New Haven Correctional Center how to be artisan blacksmiths, how to take those raw pieces of guns and transform them into small shovels, trowels, cultivators, and shovels. They came to help us move from being caught in a culture of violence to being open to a culture of hope. And those men who have been trained this way will continue that work until all the pieces of those guns have been transformed. And we hope that by the springtime, we're going to be able to give tools to the high school gardens in New Haven, to 
to New Haven Land Trust that oversees all the community gardens in that city. This is a symbolic step. We haven't taken all the guns off the streets, but it is a real step toward realigning community values. I'm often tempted to cry out to God, you promised that evil would not prosper. You promised that peace would flourish. But when will it happen? Just a few days ago, there was another mass shooting at a Rite Aid distribution center in Maryland. It's all around us. God, you promised that death will fall away at the sound of your voice. But I despair sometimes as I see the deaths mount up here in Greater Hartford, here around our country. I despair as I hear the rationalizing of people who could make decisions to help things change. I despair that this vision sometimes seems just like a pipe dream. But then I remember I remember the ministry of Jeremy Lucas and the leaders of Newtown Action Alliance. I remember a group right here in Hartford, Mothers United Against Violence, that, that stands on the street corners and faces down day to day to day the violence that has gripped us. I remember victims like Marcelina and like Ben. I remember their parents. I remember David and Francine Wheeler, who would sing a song of hope even in the darkest of nights. I remember the members of Raw Tools who will go anywhere in our country to teach the skills of transformation. I remember four inmates of a jail who were turning their own lives around and creating symbols of hope. And I remember the words of the psalm. Even the dark of the blackest night cannot hide the path that God has given us. God's promises to Israel were made in a time of political upheaval and violence. It was centuries ago. And yet they still hold true for those willing to look for them and to act on them. We, each of us and all of us, can choose to work to end the violence. We have the choice to turn away from weapons of death. We have the choice to stand with the victims of violence. We have the choice to claim Isaiah's vision of swords to plowshares and guns to gardening tools as our own. We have the choice to honor those who have died by gun violence with our actions and our commitment never to stop until there is true peace in all of our communities. We have the choice. Amen.
As we welcome the poor in the name of Jesus, let us offer prayers to God for all in every danger and need, saying, Lord, hear our prayer. For our parish family of St. John's, that we may be blessed with vitality and growth, Lord, hear our prayer. For all peoples and their leaders, and for justice, mercy, and peace in the world, Lord, hear our prayer. For all who work for daily wages, and for their employers and managers, Lord, hear our prayer. For abundant fruits of the earth, and for safety from violent storms, we pray especially for those affected by the hurricane, floods, and tornadoes in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, and for those still suffering in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. For the sick and the suffering, travelers and the victims of war, prisoners and refugees, and the dying. For all who rest in the peace of Christ, and for all the departed. For our city and those who live in it, and for our families, companions, and all those we love, especially those on our prayer list. Lifting our voices with all creation and with all the saints, let us offer ourselves to one another, to the living God through Christ. God of mercy, hear the prayers we offer this day and send on us your wisdom from above that our lives may be full of gentleness and understanding through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbors. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, from thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves, but we are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the saving of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us.
Good morning. I'm Wes Winterbottom. I'm one of the wardens here, and I'm filling in for Susan, who is on pilgrimage, as many of you know. More about that in a second. Uh, if you're new here and you'd like to find more out about St. John's, please fill out one of the cards hanging in the pews and give it to one of the ushers, and our rector, Susan, will get in touch with you when she gets back. Now, Susan's away in Jerusalem, along with Hope and Bill, our priest associates, and some folks from uh, here, uh, St. James is down the street, and St. James in uh, Farmington uh, as well. And I got a little bit of an update from Susan yesterday in terms of what they've been up to. So um, they've hiked up a mountain to see monastic caves in the, in the desert that Jesus used during his 49 days in the wilderness after his baptism. They went into a cave in Bethlehem, much like the place where Mary gave birth to Jesus and uh, they renewed their baptismal covenants in the River Jordan and enjoyed fresh fish from the Sea of Galilee. And I know also that they had to get up at five o'clock one day to see the sunrise in the desert. And my Beth made sure I knew that, was, that happened because she much would have preferred to see the sun set in the desert. <laughs> okay, um, so some good news. First meeting of the uh, West Hartford Town Mind Youth Group was held this past Wednesday at Westminster Presbyterian Church. It had youth from here, Westminster Presbyterian First Baptist in St. James's, and it was well attended. It included 11 youths from St. John's, and our Buffy Ineson was the first adult there with them. Next Sunday is a big thing. It's the uh, Community Breakfast, Pumpkin Patch, and Ministry Fair at 9.30 in Hubbard Hall, an opportunity to have a bite to eat, learn more all about the many ministries that connect us with each other and our neighbors, and maybe even find something new to try among our ministries. You can also fill a blessing bag for our neighbors in need, purchase pumpkins and squash for fall decor, jack-o'-lanterns, and for baking. Uh, coming up on October 12th, this is a Friday night, is the annual uh, diner round. Please uh, consider participating in that. You can come and have dinner and socialize with other parishioners. Good opportunity for folks to get to know each other, enjoy a good dinner and uh, conversation. All adults are welcome. Married, single of all ages, longtime parishioners, and especially newcomers. Uh, to sign up or serve as a host, please look for the clipboard in Hubbard Hall or call the church office or uh, email Kim Bird, and I know that her email is in the, uh, it's in the, in the bulletin. We need help for the community garden on Tuesday morning to staff our vegetable giveaways for the next few weeks. Details are in the bulletin. I think it'd be kind of nice if we could get some of those raw tools to use in our community garden as well. So, Just asking for that. And on uh, Sunday, October 7th, is St. Francis Day. Uh, there will be a blessing of the animals at 10.30 service. Uh, please, please plan to attend with your pet. And Choral Evensong is today at 5 p.m., which an ancient and beautiful tradition feeds the soul in very unique ways. Today's feature is the St. John's Youth and Adult Choir, so please come and bring a friend. And please check out the other many announcements in the bulletin as well. Thank you. Walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God.
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints 
into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each of you and remain with you forever. Amen.